This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are live in studio an hour earlier than we normally do. Coming at you at 102 in the afternoon on this Friday. JT the Brick had a abbreviated show, just one hour long, one hour strong, but it was a fantastic show. You heard from head coach John Gruden. And uh, what better day to have a long show? Right. I'm always talking about I want to have a a long extended show. I'm trying to steal some extra hours, trying to figure out exactly how I can get on the radio a little bit longer. Why not today? Today is the best day to have a very long show or a much longer show. Get one extra hour under the belt. Uh, This is exciting day today as uh, we are celebrating the life and times of Al Davis passed away 10 years ago to the day. I promise you, Raider Nation, I promise to anyone who will listen I still to this day know exactly where I was that exact moment when I found out that he passed away. I remember I was in Central Texas and I was uh, at the house. I still was working. uh, I wasn't even doing sports radio at the time. I was working at the music station. I was getting ready for the the Raiders and they were going to play the Texans that weekend. And I had a couple buddies that lived down the street from me that were big Texans fans. So we were kind of talking trash already leading up to the week. Went out that Friday night. Woke up Saturday morning, and of course, NFL Network's always on on my TV. Click on the TV and saw the little scroll down at the bottom. wasn't even It wasn't even big headline news yet, and just said Raiders owner Al Davis passed away. And all of a sudden, I got that immediate like, <gasps> what? And just it just it was so weird. It was so odd, just the feeling. And I remember just thinking the whole day, like, wait. What did I just read? And then I stayed on NFL Network the whole day, all day long, as the Raiders prepared to play the Texans on that Sunday, and they would come away with the victory. Matter of fact, they sealed the deal with the Michael Huff interception with 10 men on the field. Got that uh, interception. Matt Schaub probably could have ran it in. For some reason, he threw it. Huff comes around with the interception. Boom, seals the deal. Hugh Jackson drops to a knee and starts crying. Very emotional weekend, but a fun weekend when you look back at it and just see how everything shook out. Of course, it's never fun when someone passes, but just going back and looking at the life and times of Al Davis, that's that's the fun part of it. And when I was watching NFL Network all day on Saturday, all you saw was just one guy after the next guy after the next guy come on and talk about the greatness of Al and what he meant to the NFL. We had John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on the show yesterday. He talked about it. He was one of the guys the NFL Network immediately went to. I learned that day, matter of fact, that Michael Irvin, Hall of Famer Michael Irvin, thought he was going to be a Raider. Hall of Famer Michael Irvin said he shared a story. And it's so funny because a lot of people, I'll ask this, I'll talk to this uh, about this story, and a lot really don't recall it that, that much, but they knew that there was something going on. Al and Jerry Jones were always very tight. And Michael Irvin had just been injured and he was banged up really badly and Irvin thought he was going to get cut he thought he was going to get uh, released and Al Davis thought he was going to get released and this is what Michael Irvin told NFL Network that day he said hey Al came to me and said as soon as Jerry lets you go I'm signing you 
as soon as he lets you go, I'm signing you. And so it said, Michael Irvin said, I got that peace of mind because I knew that, hey, I'm going to be rocking the silver and black. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a Raider. You know, if Jerry Jones lets me go, and apparently Jerry found out that Al was going to go sign him, decided he was going to hold on to him. Turned out to be a pretty good decision. But that's just the kind of dude, and that was what Al, uh, that's what Michael Irvin was talking about. That that's the kind of dude Al Davis was. He would he would he, he was an absolute players players guy, players coach, players owner. You know, and that's just I say it all the time. I feel like the organizations, the Cowboys and the and the Raiders have a lot of similarities. And it's because those two owners were very tight when it comes to Al Davis and, and Jerry Jones. So that's just one of the many stories that I heard that day. Uh, and again, just just watching that game, sitting on my couch, uh, enjoying it. And the way that it shook out and the way it ended was just, it was absolutely amazing. And, and when I turned that TV off, I said, that was Al right there. There was only 10 Raiders on the field physically, but Al was there as well. And I know some people will be like, oh, that's not true. That stuff doesn't happen. I, I, hey, man, I'll tell you right now, I'll believe that stuff. Until you prove me wrong. I, I, I don't, don't care what you think. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> Doesn't make me any difference. When Michael Huff got that interception, I said that was, that was Al right there. Because as I said, Matt Schaub, in my opinion, could have ran it in anyway. The Raiders would have took that L. Instead, he decided to throw the ball, and old Huffy came down with a pretty easy interception to seal the deal. So here we are, Raider Nation. We are here to celebrate the life and times of Al Davis. Of course, we're here to also talk about the Raiders and Bears. Week 5 action at Allegiant Stadium. Cannot wait to get in Allegiant Stadium. I'm sure the Raiders cannot wait to get onto the onto the field and just get that. I don't even think that I don't even want to say the taste out of their mouth from uh from Monday night football, but just to get another to get another game going. You know, just to get get back on the field. I think that's going to be a, a huge deal. It, it really will, and to be back at their their home stadium, Allegiant Stadium, I think it's going to be some some really, really fun atmosphere. It's going to be a lot of Raider Nation packing those walls. It's going to be some Bears fans that are going to be there as well. I know there's a lot of Chicago Bears fans. We've talked to plenty of people that cover the Bears. Said that hey, when the schedule came out, a lot of Chicago fans said, "So, Vegas Week Five, huh? Let's go!" <laughs> so they're out there. They're trying to get their tickets. They're they're ready to go. So they're going to be representing as well. But I know that uh, I know that Raider Nation is going to hold it down in Allegiant Stadium on uh, on Sunday. Very excited about that. Demond, you're going to be working. What's your anticipation level for that stadium on uh, on Sunday? Well, first off, we already know what my highest anticipation is. Just want to see what the spread's going to be like in the press box. <laughs> first, why is that the only thing that you worry about? No, is that's the food. No. Well, yeah. Well, that's first, of course. Yeah, team of me. All right, but anywho, second after that, I want to see how many Raider fans are going to be in here because, you know, the Ravens game is like, hey, the Ravens have a good fan base, yeah. Monday Night Football, and then the Dolphins game is like, hey, it's a lot of Dolphin fans in here, and now I want to see how well they are, maybe is the Bears fan base going to no, travel. No, they're going to travel well, yeah. And it's just like, I just, I want to see a game where maybe it's just like, not as many as, oppo- as the opposing team's fans. No, there's... There won't I, be more Bears fans than Raider fans. I'm not that's saying silly. That, no, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Sixty something thousand fans. That's in not thing. what I'm saying at all. You well, what are you saying? Me, maybe. I just, I just felt I like understand. these past two home games, it's been too many opposing team fans. Well, I mean that's that's fair, but you got to remember where you're at. You got to remember the location. You got to remember it's a destination. People are going to want to go. I know this is the place everyone to be. wants to go to Disneyland, right? Yeah, that's that's that doesn't fit. I mean, it does. Yeah. It absolutely does. This is how people from the outside. Look at Las Vegas. Like, it's a grown-up Disneyland. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. You live here, so it's different. 
But for anyone who's on the outside, I got I got friends from Texas coming in. Matter of fact, their flight lands at 955. You know how, much, how excited they are? They've been texting us all weekend or all week. Uh, one more day closer. One more day closer. One more. I mean, it's the destination <laughs> location, dog. People want to be here. That is a no-brainer. There's going to be Bears fans there. There's a lot of Chicago Bears fans that live here, by the way. It's one of the toughest tickets to get right now in town. But you can do it. There's some tickets available. Bears fans are going to be there. But Raider Nation is going to represent. I have no, no well, doubt about that. They always do. Absolutely. It'll be a fun atmosphere, man. And, and, and hey, look, you want you want them to come. You want them to enjoy Las Vegas. You want them to spend money in, in town. That's better for all of us. Simple as that. But Raider Nation is still going to represent. Latest injury report for the Raiders have come out. We'll go through it in great detail a little bit later, but kind of your usual suspects, the guys that you expected that weren't going to be playing on Sunday are not going to be playing on Sunday. Damon Arnett, out. Trayvon Mullen, out. Derek Carrier, out. So that's basically what you need to know. Two guys in the secondary and another tight end. I think the biggest deal there is obviously Trayvon Mullen. Damon Arnett has not been very good, but he's... he's hey, man, that's depth. Ex- that's exactly where I was going with that. That's exactly where I was going. He's a, he's a piece of depth, and, and they don't have that, so that's going to be it's still going to be a, a loss. Don't count my boy out. Okay, Jonathan Abram, he was a full participant. Peyton Barber, who I believe is going to miss a couple weeks dealing with a toe injury, was actually limited today, so he's questionable. That's pretty positive. Josh Jacobs, he was full. He's been full the last two days. That's positive. Casey Hayward, he was full on Thursday, did not participate on Friday, so there's something. There's something to pay attention to. Unique Ngakwe did not participate on Thursday. He was limited on Friday. And Foster Moreau, dealing with the ankle injury, was not listed on Thursday, is limited today. So just an update real quick on the injury report. Again, we can go out on it throughout the, the course of the show. Uh, again, have a very action-packed show. Uh, I mentioned that game in Houston following the, the depth of, uh, of Al Davis. And I mentioned Hugh Jackson dropping to a knee and crying and, and showing his emotions after that game. Well, Hugh Jackson's going to join us to talk about it himself. He's going to join us at 210 to talk about his relationship with Al Davis. And it's so funny, when I reached out to Hugh to ask him to come on to the show, I didn't realize I still had his phone number in my phone, so I sent him an email. And I promise you, he called me back in about three minutes after I pressed send. And he said, Q, anything that has to do with Al has to do with me. That's how much Al meant to Coach Jackson, who's now an offensive coordinator for Tennessee State. And DeMond selfishly thought that when I got Hugh Jackson on, we were going to be talking <laughs> about Tennessee. And he said, we couldn't get Eddie George on? It would been nice. <laughs> but we're trying to focus. This is before I knew what Friday's show was going to be about. Because you just send me, hey, we got Hugh Jackson on Friday. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, there you go. Well, now hey, you know. He's the man. Right. Yeah. He was a very creative offensive mind. I'll tell you that. Hugh Jackson had some very creative offensive plays. That, uh, and I know him and Al had a great relationship. So we'll talk all things Al Davis at 210 with Hugh Jackson, offensive coordinator now, Tennessee State, former head football coach of the Raiders. At 230, Glenn Simpson's going to join the show as there's another home game. So, of course, uh, you got to get your clear app ready. If you haven't already done so, make sure you get your vaccination uh, card uploaded, get everything that you need to do, make sure you're good to go. So when uh, Sunday comes and it's time to go through those turnstiles, you're able just to go through quick, fast, in a hurry. You don't have to have any kind of delay. Don't do it in the parking lot. Don't upload it in the parking lot when 60 other thousand people are there using the Wi-Fi, you know, watching something on Twitter, on Instagram, on whatever app is out there. 
using the Wi-Fi and all of a sudden your your phone is going slow, don't do it then. Do it now. And if you have and if you can't use the Clear app for one reason or the other, you have alternate screenings. Well, Glenn Simpson is going to talk about those alternate screenings that the Raiders are are providing and helping you use as of early tomorrow morning. So Glenn will join us at 2.30. And then former Raider fullback and uh, team ambassador. I mean, he missed, just Mr. Raider. I mean, there's so many different titles for this dude. Marcel Reese. He's joined us on the show before. He'll join us at 3 o'clock. So we got Hugh Jackson, Glenn Simpson, and Marcel Reese. Uh, doesn't get too much better than that as we celebrate the life of times of, uh, of Al Davis. And I'll tell you, man, Marcel Reese, you want to talk about a guy with a, a relationship with Al Davis, he's still rocking the Al shirt everywhere you see him. I mean, he is a great representation of the silver and black. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he wear it underneath his jersey as well? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, all the time. All right. Okay. All the time. I, okay. I know a couple of things. Yeah. No. He. Yeah. You do. You do. And it's funny because the first time that we talked to him, I remember I was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and I was interviewing him. I said, "Man, it was always cool to see you rocking that Al shirt underneath your jersey." And he's all used to rock it. I'm still rocking it. <laughs> you know. And that's and hey, look, I, I'm I wasn't around. This was early in the time from when I first got here. This was early back in like July, and now I see him around town all the time, and he's not wrong. And he's See, almost like, and he's, he's like always rocking the he's Al shirt. He's continued that relationship with Mark too. Yeah, like he's always together with him as well. That's right. And matter of fact, I guarantee I'll ask Marcel at three when we talk to him. But I guarantee he's going to be at the Michelob Ultra Arena tonight. The Aces game five, win or go wait. home. You win, you move on. You lose, you go home. I'll be in attendance. I promise you that. And y'all can catch that on ESPN too if you want to watch at home. And you can listen to it on our sister station on uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas. It'll be on. So yep, yep. Uh, we have that covered. That's, FM. There you go. Boom. See, Demond's got the numbers. He's got it locked in. Uh, that's going to be a fun game. And and uh, that atmosphere I can imagine on a Friday night for all the marbles. You tell me it's not going to be crazy. Oh man, it's going to be outstanding. I guarantee uh, Marcel Reese will be right next to Mark Davis. Uh, at that game, and uh, like I said, I'll be in attendance, checking it out, covering it like a glove, and uh, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be happy to to be there, and and uh, hopefully watch the Aces advance and have a chance at a at bringing home a title, bringing bringing the title home to Las Vegas. That'll be a lot of fun. So that's the guest lineup, of course, throughout the course of the show. When we don't have a guest on, we want to hear from you. But before we really get things cooking, what I want to do is I want to go back. I want to go back to Al Davis's Hall and Hall of Fame induction. I want to go back to his Hall of Fame induction speech. It's about, what, 15, 16, maybe even 20 minutes? How, how long is it, uh, Damon? Closer to 20. That's fine. Closer to 20 minutes. That's okay because it is greatness. So when we return, you will hear from the man. You will hear from Mr. Davis, his Hall of Fame induction speech. You'll hear that next here on Unnecessary Roughness, the extended version on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 120 is the time here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And we just want to jump right into it, man. Al Davis went into the Hall of Fame 1992, had an awesome, amazing speech. My man Clay Baker played it earlier this morning on the morning tailgate. Him and Pritch, uh, they were out in the streets, but they played this uh, this. This Hall of Fame speech, and I just thought to myself, like, man, we got to run it back one more time because it was so great, and you just, you could just hear it all in his voice. I mean, it just, he captures the room. And uh, so here it is right here. I don't have to say another word. Al Davis, Hall of Fame speech from back in 1992. Thank you, John Madden. As someone pointed out, John Madden was a brilliant coach. He's a loyal friend, a Raider. His record is self-explanatory. His 103 victories in 10 years of head coaching 
parallels the best in the history of the game. We're all so proud of John. John Madden will take his rightful place in the Hall of Fame in the very near future. We think so much alike that I think he stole my speech, or at least he took most of it last night. I want to thank the Hall of Fame Selection Committee for your tenacity in selecting me to the Hall of Fame. As the great Winston Churchill once said, you never gave in, never gave in, never, never, except the convictions of honor and courage, and you fought for my selection, as well as another and many numerous media people throughout the country. I shall never forget that. I am grateful to you. The enshrinement is a reflection of a life's work, a reflection of a love affair with the greatest game the world has ever known. But this honor is a testament to a great organization and to all the capable people who have poured their talent, enthusiasm, loyalty into the greatness of the Raiders and the Raiders' legend and mystique. I was born lucky. I was blessed with a great mother and father. No one had to tell me to love my mother and father based on a commandment. They raised their children with strong discipline and a strong faith in God. Good health throughout my life has been another blessing with many lasting friendships that I treasure with great love and loyalty. My parents wanted me to have the values and virtues of what is still the American way of life. Hard work, dedication, commitment, loyalty, and respect for the dignity of man. I wanted to introduce immediately today my mother Rose, who is here seated in the front row. She's over 90 years old. My brother Jerry and his family, and of course, my dad who isn't here, who is a proud guy and a self-starter, I'm sure he is looking down on us today. My parents, in their own way, encouraged me to dominate. I tell you this quick story in Florida. It was about six years ago. I was seated in a very prominent restaurant with my mother and some of the top people in professional football, some of the top writers and we were talking about signing of players, and my mother asked me, how are you doing? And I said, I've got problems. I haven't signed Mike Haynes, Todd Christensen, Lester Hayes, and I named two others. And I said, they just want too much money. Her answer was, without them, what kind of team are you going to have? Give them the money. You can't take it with you. And I gave them the money. I learned early on in life that if you're going to lead, if you're going to dominate, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have others do unto you, is not necessarily right. You must treat people in a paramilitary situation 
the way they want to be treated, not the way you want to be treated. To do that, you must learn about them, learn their cultures, and allow for their individual differences. We never wanted our players, or even our friends, to fit into rigid personality molds. There's a place in this world for mavericks, stand up for principle, defy custom at times, be right, do not hurt others. That individualism encouraged me to go forward, and my heroes, my heroes when I was a young boy, dared me to dream. I had come from Brockton, Massachusetts to Brooklyn, New York over 50 years ago. I was about six years old. We had no TV, little radio, and eight great newspapers. They were my eyes and ears. Pro football had little popularity, but I was immediately inspired by two great organizations at the very young age between six and 12, the New York Yankees and the Brooklyn Dodgers. Let me tell you what the Yankees represented. They represented size, power, dynasty, intimidation, the home run, the ability to take players from other teams and put that Yankee uniform on them, and they would play great. The Dodgers of Branch Rickey was speed, the development of young players, fundamentals, a way of playing the game, and the willingness to pioneer. I always thought early on, you could take these great qualities of these organizations and encompass them into one. As a famous American said, I had a dream, a dream to someday build and maintain the finest organization in the history of sports, an organization that would be the most imitated, the most respected, and the most feared organization in its field, a standard of excellence by which all others would be judged. A chill went through my body last night as I met with many of the special people who I went to school with, lived with, played with, coached with, coached. And for a few brief moments, I remembered many of the special people who can't be here today. It was well over 50 years ago, as I told you, that I started this long journey in Brooklyn, New York, at Public School 189, Winthrop Junior High School, and a famed Erasmus Hall High School, my boyhood friends Danny Glassman and Stan Roberts are here today. From there, I went to Wittenberg College in Springfield, Ohio, and Syracuse University. And we just had a recent reunion of all the great athletes from Syracuse. And here today, Bernie Custis, a great quarterback, my teammate, and Bobby Wallach, a great basketball player. My first job, I was 21 years old, at Adelphi College in Garden City, Long Island. Herman Mason, a great magazine writer, gave me a chance to write newspaper and magazine articles that attracted the coaches around the country. I then, at 24 years old, had a team called Fort Belvoir, Virginia. It was a team that fought to be the number one service team in the nation. Last night, seven of the great players were here from that team, and I was certainly honored. I worked in 1954 as a scout for the Baltimore Colts and Weeb Eubank. Then on to the Citadel, and there I had a great player, Angelo Coya, who's with me to this day as a scout for the Raiders. And in 1957, Don Clark, the late Don Clark, a magnificent human being, hired me as an assistant coach at Southern Cal. There I coached Two of the greatest players who've ever played this game, Willie Wood, a Hall of Famer, 
and Ron Mix, a Hall of Famer. Dorothy Clark is here today. I go to 1960, when the American Football League prospers. A new league was formed. I want to tell you, I learned at a very early age, to be great and just win, you need great players. And boy, does that help you win. I joined the Los Angeles Chargers in 1960 and went to work for Sid Gilman, who sits on this stage as a Hall of Fame enshrining. It was like a science laboratory to learn, study by a master. I never thought that anyone could outwork Al Davis. I loved every day of work, looked forward to it, and I have great respect for Sid and, of course, his wife, Esther, who at that time was, to me, the standard bearer for football coaches' wives. From the Chargers, the great Lance Allworth, the great Ron Mix, I hear today. You know, it was in 1963 that it was on to Oakland. I was 33 years old. I was the head coach, general manager. And I can remember attack, pressure, the vertical game, the bump and run, just win, baby, dominate, commitment to excellence, the famed silver and black, pro football's dynamic organization, take what you want, pride and poise, and I could go on and on. The reborn players, the holy roller, the miracles of George Blander, ghost to the post, the immaculate reception, but time doesn't allow it. I want to pay tribute to the vision of a man such as Ed McGaugh, who was one of the founders of the Raiders, and whose confidence in the destiny of the Raiders and myself never wavered. Two other fine gentlemen are here today, Al Locasal and Ron Wolf, who are with me for over 25 years, masters of detail. George Anderson, our trainer, and Dick Romanski, still with the Raiders, have been with me over 30 years. The Raiders standard bearers, John did it for me. I'd like to do it again because I love him. The indestructible Jim Otto, George Blander, the greatest clutch player the game has ever known, Willie Brown, the magnificent cornerback, Gene Upshaw, the only player who played in the Super Bowl as a starter in the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s, Ted Hendricks, the consummate linebacker, Fred Blitnikoff isn't with us today. He's a coach for the Raiders. 14 years, and I don't have to tell you about his artistry. And, of course, the magnificent Art Shell, the giant head coach of the Raiders today. And then you take Tom Flores, a star player who coached us to two Super Bowls. You throw in Al Davis, and you've had as diverse a group as you could find in this world. And yet, there was a common bond. They played for the organization. They wanted a win for the organization. They loved their organization. And most of all, they loved each other. In 1966, I became commissioner of the American Football League. I did not want to give up coaching, but our league was in a struggle for survival. The merger came quickly in 1966, and there's no question that pro football has become the most exciting mass entertainment in the history of the world. For a moment, I wish all of you would bear with me. I'd like to talk to the great Raider warriors who are here today, some hundred, and who's some who are no longer with us, but whose memories we cherish. I say to those great Raider warriors, 
Let me take you back a few years to Frank Yule Field, to the Oakland Coliseum, to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, and have you all individually introduced once again to the roar of the crowd. And we can never forget those great fans. The roar would be deafening to see you all in those silver and black uniforms, to hear the national anthem, relive the moments of the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. To those of us who saw you battle to the top over the last three decades, we will never forget you. You know, Raider football was always emotional. We loved to take those memorable trips throughout the league, and we were hated, we were feared, but we were respected. This community is the cradle of professional football. When our heroes of the past become our legends of the future, and we all know time never really stops for the great ones. It reaches out and wraps them in a cloak of immortality. What a great inspiration to come to this field of dreams every year, to walk through the hall and walk through its exhibits, and to pay tribute to this great class. I know Lem Varney. I used to study him. John Mackey was a favorite of mine. And Junior Riggins, I call him Junior. God, how he wanted to play for the Raiders and how I wanted him. But they said, no, not in the American Football Conference. We'll let him go over there to the National Football Conference. And then to the great class, to the great class that sits here behind me, the greatest players who've ever played this game. I've always said that the Raiders, my family, we have a realization that we have a debt to them and we have a debt to each other. And they know that I'll never forget that debt. I want to introduce to you a young lady that I met over 35 years ago. She was just a friend of mine. I was coaching at Fort Belvoir. I came out for a big game one day, and I looked up in the stands. It was a small, like, high school field. We only seated about 10,000 at those games. We were fighting to be the number one service team in the nation. And I look up, and sitting there is Weeb Eubank, who's scouting the game for the pros and the general of the post. And this girlfriend of mine is sitting with the general and Weeb Eubank. I almost died. I got her after the game, and I said, what are you doing up there? What are you doing with them? She said, I can handle myself. She said, we were talking football. What do you mean, talking football? She said, I was telling them about our players. Where do you know about our players? She said, I was telling them everything I heard you say. With that quality, I knew I was stuck. I told her at a very early age that the only thing that could take me away from football was life or death. She put me through the test about 12 years ago. Today she's 100 percent. It's a beautiful lady, my friend Carol Davis. My son, Mark Davis, I'm proud of him, his friendship to me and Caroli, and most of all, his human qualities. And they really believe, and he does, in the dignity of man, and he has a love for people, and I'm proud that he represents me and that I represent him. Names of some people who are here that I have great affection for, great fondness for, that have touched my life, Hank Stram, John Ralston, Joe Alioto, Jack Brooks, Ed McGaw, Bob Albo, Sam Berkovich, Bill Walsh. Their, rings, their names will ring down the corridors of time in my life. Aside from my will to win, 
and my commitment to excellence, I want to read just a few things to you that happened recently that I thought you'd get a kick out of. This gentleman here, Claude Jones, is a famous bank robber. 24 banks that he robbed, but he's also the greatest Raider fan in the world. I just want to read a few words of his to you. The psychologist said that the problems that his led to his crime spree were deep-rooted and more complex than Raider passion gone astray. Though his crimes were trying to seek revenge against everyone who turned on him, the Raiders, through it all, remain loyal. I robbed 24 banks. I didn't have anything left, but there was always hope with them. Jones plans to write Raider owned Alda Davis a letter of apology. I've embarrassed the team, he said. I would tell him that I lost control. It was my fault. I robbed banks to go to Raider games, but the Raiders didn't tell me to rob banks. I should have finished school, got a better job, and made enough money to pay for myself. Jones hopes Davis will understand. I also wish I could hire his lawyers. In the end, he said that my commitment to excellence, this is Jones, my dream when I get out of prison is to go to work for the Raiders. I'd like to do anything for them. I'd like to do anything constructive. The only thing I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do their banking. Aside from my will to win, my commitment to excellence, the fire that burns brightest in me, are the great love and enthusiasm that I had and have for the game of football and for everyone and everything connected with it. I love the game, I love the league, I love my team. But more important, I wanted to embellish all of them to agree, never surpassed, and seldom have ever equaled. I think that I've known every facet of this game, whether from the inside or outside, whether in collaboration or in opposition when it was necessary. I have labored in this vineyard, this cradle, with the objective of making the league itself a working combination of both discipline and freedom. I shall always believe that great people inspire in others the will to be great. To the people of Canton, to the late Bob Snyder, you have inspired me by your receptiveness, your enthusiasm. I shall cherish this honor for the rest of my life. I thank you very much. There he goes right there. Al Davis, his acceptance speech, his Pro Football Hall of Fame speech right there. And I remember when I went to Canton, Ohio, that was one of the first busts that I went to check out was Al Davis. And on a day like today, we're definitely going to go ahead and we'll run through a couple stop signs. We'll do what we got to do, but we're going to make sure that we honor the late, great Al Davis. This is a celebration of life. Clay Baker and Mike Pritchard, they led things off today with the morning tailgate, did an outstanding job, had some great guests on, including Jim Plunkett. Also had that speech as well. Just a fantastic job, and we're going to keep this party rolling. JT the Brick did a hell of a job during the midday, during his one hour, and we're going to keep it going, like I mentioned, all the way up until 4 o'clock, and then my guy Vinny Bonsignor is going to come in, hold it down 4 to 6 p.m. He's at the TI. He'll be at the Treasure Island inside the Golden Circle Sportsbook, so you can go check him out, but he'll be honoring Al Davis as well. 
141 is the time. Going to take a quick break. Before we do that, though, I do want to go ahead and start giving out some prizes that we have around here. I've actually got a couple stacked up. I'm uh, going to give out throughout the course of the show. But uh, we got a pair of tickets to Dropkick Murphys with Rancid. They're going to be playing at, uh, at, at the Virgin Hotel in Las Vegas. And it's funny. When I said I had tickets to Dropkick Murphys, I was telling DeMond, and he looked at me and said, Dropkick who and Dropkick where? And he kind of liked it because he's into the fighting type thing, right? So when he heard Dropkick, he thought, cool. Did think of a wrestling. Did think of wrestling. Yes, <laughs> See, exactly. But he wasn't familiar with the music. And I said, no, you know Dropkick Murphys. And he said, no, I don't. And it's funny. I, this is one of those times I can't even say, oh, come on, man. What yeah, I did. I was like, man, I got to know everybody now. <laughs> Come on, Q, damn. <laughs> Ain't an artist like, dang, man. Right. Well, I'll say this, and I'll, I'll, I'll be 100% transparent on this and honest. When my guy Craig from our promotions department came and told me I had these tickets, and I looked at him the same way you looked at me, I got who, what, what am I giving out? And then he immediately played the song, and it went like this. And then I immediately knew who it was. Watch the party. It doesn't take but three seconds into the song to understand exactly who Dropkick Murphys is. So they're going to be playing along with Rancid at the Virgin Hotel, Las Vegas. I'm looking for call number nine right now. Let's get the party started, man. 702-365-9200. It is a celebration of life today. So holler at your boy. You got two tickets to Dropkick Murphys with Rancid, Virgin Hotel, Las Vegas. Call number nine, 702-365-9200. This is Unnecessary Roughness. On Radio Nation Radio, 920. I'm a it's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy. 148 is the time here on Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. Got to ask my man, Damon. We just gave away some, uh, some Dropkick Murphy's tickets. And it's so funny. We were talking about the fact that we didn't know who Dropkick Murphy's were until we listened to the song and Fargo Raider tweeted at us and said, come on, man, have you not ever seen The Departed? And I'll tell you this, and you guys will learn this about me real quick, fast, in a hurry. I don't know movies. I don't, I don't, I am the, I am the last person to ever, if you ever say, oh, did you see that? No, most likely not. Really. I am the worst when it comes to movies. I just do not see movies. I quoted the other day, I was trying to quote Josh Norman uh, there was some some uh, article, not article, but some interview he did not too long ago. I say not too long ago. It was probably about a year ago. But he was talking about that movie where he says, are you not entertained? Is this not what you came for? And I don't know what movie that is. Gladiator. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I didn't know I'm that. I'm a movie guy. Come on, The Departed. It's so good. That's I like not even know what like movie that, that is. Song, that's, oh, it's like this. So how did you not drum. know then? If you've seen the movie and you're a movie guy. Yeah, but you have to hear the song. They don't say in the movie, hey, this is this is uh, Dropkick oh, Murphys. I got you. And this All is, right, settle down. I yeah, got you. of course. But the part, it's so many great lines in that movie. It's such a, it's like. What's so, it about? Um, Cop, undercover cop drama, blah, 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 blah. Uh. 
Tupac's not in it, right? No, Tupac's <laughs> not in it. It's got it's like a, and it's Boston set too, so that's why that okay. song is like. Oh, that makes featured. sense then. See, it yeah, ties it's got together. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, okay, um, it's one of those. Matt Damon. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. All, See, all, the, all those guys. I don't watch very many movies. Now, there's oh, yeah. some that I've seen here and there. You know, my but cousin Vinny is one of my favorite yeah. movies. <laughs> but you gotta, it's like it's one of those movies, just like the lines. It'd be like, hey, who are you? I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. Just like so many good one-liners, were, and then okay. a lot of them have expletives in them, so I can't really. Uh... Yeah, please don't, please don't do those. <laughs> I mean, I ain't worried about it. You're the one that's worried about it. You're the one that's gonna have to drop it. It just bleep, bleep. Right. <laughs> so we gave a pair of tickets away to go see uh, Dropkick Murphys, and we'll give another pair away throughout the course of the show. Uh, we also gonna get you hooked up with. Uh, uh, we're gonna give you an, a Yeti. We're gonna get you a uh, Porta Subs. We're gonna get you some food and a Yeti. We got all kind of stuff to give away on today. I just feel like giving today since it's a day of celebration what would you have at a celebration you'd have gifts so i come bearing gifts today that's how we're going to close out the week really strong did get a text on the salmon ash text line 69187 keyword rnr you want to hit us up on the text line all you got to do a lot of people ask me 69187 that is the phone number if you're sending a text message 69187 then at the very beginning of your text you put the letters r n r and then a space and then your message, and it should get to us. I, I was going back and forth with one listener uh, just, I think, yesterday, and he was taking screenshots and sending it back to me. I was like, Q, it's just not going. It's going to your sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. And I said, well, I'm going to try to learn you, man. I'm going to try to work it out because I want to make sure that I get all the feedback that we can. And also put your name in the text as yeah, well. Yeah, you can so do we that can as give, well. So we can give you that shout-out over the air. There you go. Or if you want to remain anonymous. Yeah, anonymous is boring. Yeah, yeah. You want If we read your text, you would want to be like, hey, man, I'm – I'm Steve from the 510, as y'all love to <laughs> put those area codes. Now, see, you're starting to come around the corner, though. You're starting to get there. You're starting to understand where we're coming from. Because I think I know, I know too. 510 Oakland, okay. 559 Fresno. <laughs> if y'all say another one, don't do not do it. All right. Hey, I'm okay with that. You represented some, uh, some, some Bay Area slash, you know, Valley area codes. Obviously, I spent a lot of time in both. I'm okay with that. Just two, two, three, LA, I'm on a roll. Oh, man, no, don't do that one. Don't do that. You're going to give Vinny too much love. Oh, no. <laughs> Speaking of Vinny, man, I got to give him some dirt. We haven't really had a chance to catch up. I was going to go to practice today, but there was that huge accident on the highway earlier today. Matter of fact, if you're out there on the road, and uh, uh, be careful. Be careful out there on the road, man. I don't want anyone to to get caught up, but there was that uh, big accident on the, on the road, so I was going to head back to the practice facility today, and it was going to be, I mean, I was going to be sitting there for hours, so there was just no way I was going to make that happen, so I didn't, but there's a little game called uh, playoffs tonight, some baseball playoffs going on tonight. Dodgers and Giants, kind of a big deal. It's so funny, though, because me and Vinny, we already started kind of chiming in back and forth on each other on Twitter, and neither one of us are fans of the teams. I'm not a Giants fan at all. I'm an A's fan. Is he's not a Dodgers fan. He said he was a Mets fan. I kind of I kind of find that hard to believe, yeah, but whatever. Tell. Whatever. I think if it's anything LA, Vinny represents it. So as soon as the Dodgers made the playoffs the uh, the other night when they won that game, uh, you know, in walk off fashion, it was a fantastic game, by the way. But uh, when they won that game, I started getting tweets like, "Oh man, you and Vinny are gonna have beef on the air." And so I embraced it. I was like, yeah, that's cool. I'll rep, I'll rep the Bay and he can rep <laughs> L.A. And all these Raider fans started coming from my helmet. They're like, no, Q, the Raiders and the Dodgers go hand in hand. You got to be a Dodger. And I was like, wait, hold on. I ain't never been a Dodger fan, and I've been a Raider fan through and through. I ain't never been no Dodger fan. I'm an A's fan. I'm still angry about Kirk Gibson. I'm still angry about the home run off Eckersley. I'm still angry about that. 
Yeah, those, you ain't gonna get me to be no Dodger fan, Dodger but I ain't fans, no Giant fan neither. They're gonna have to change their tune when the A's move out to Las Vegas, because then the A's and the Raiders are definitely gonna go hand in hand when well, they share in the same city again. Well, it's funny because the organizations really don't get along. <laughs> you know, what I mean, the the A's are really, uh, yeah, I'm not even gonna talk like about. You them. said earlier I today, like the Vegas team. is a place to be. I like the team. Let's put it like that. I love the team that is the A's. I don't love the ownership that is the A's because they are really foul. I'll just put it like that. I was, you thought I was going to use another F word, huh? No, I thought you was going <laughs> to look. That look he had, his eyes got big. <laughs> I thought you were going to say cheap, and then I heard F, and I was like, where's he going with this? They're foul. They're really foul. Some of the things that they did and some of the reasons why they tried to keep the – they tried to strong arm the, the Raiders when they had no business strong arming. I mean, don't get me on my soapbox about that. I don't even that, – that's going to let all my Bay Area roots come out, all right? I'm not going to go all the way Vinny on everyone where I just, you know, bring out all the hometown roots. Is I'm not going to do all that. problem with the infield and the, like – No, the, no, was, just the whole 10-year lease that they signed so they could strong-arm the, the Raiders so they couldn't get something done. I mean, look, don't get me on the soapbox, man. You're going to get me yeah, angry. Yeah, you're right. I won't. Yeah, you're going to get me fired up. But I'm an A's fan of the team. Caval, all them cats, they no, kick those rocks. Cats in the front they kick office. rocks. But the team itself – Look, Ricky Henderson is my favorite baseball player, so that's all I got to tell you. Got a text right now. Name is Daniel from the 520, and I figured it out. Good looking out, by the way. There he goes. He figured out how to use the text line. Thank you, Daniel. Good job. I love that his text was just to say, hey, I figured it out. (laughs) Hey, and that's all that matters. That's what we try to do, man. We try to explain it around here because it is, I'm not going to lie, a little confusing. (laughs) A little bit. I'm not going to lie. The one time that someone tweeted directly at me and not you about it, it was just like, oh. Oh, dear God, I've got to figure this out on my own. <laughs> right. Why didn't you just ask you? Because <laughs> it's one of those things, oh, it's easy. Right. How do I do this now? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Got another text straight off the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Make sure you hit up SamandAshLaw.com. You deserve what's right. All day Raider A here, Q. You ain't never lied about traffic out here. I'm a diehard Raiders and A's fan here. And, yeah, the A's manage- management straight suck. <laughs> right there. I'm right there. Got another text. Yay, area. Can we do this? This dance. Can we do the fizzle dance? Raider J from Sacramento. What you know about that, DeMond? What you know about the fizzle dance? Oh, we're going all Bay Area today. Not a damn thing. Oh, can you do the fizzle dance? This dance. This dance. I'm going to do the fizzle dance. Oh, yeah, let's go. Uh-huh, Let's go, some Mac uh-huh, Dre, some uh-huh, Mac DRE. Uh-huh. Let's go. The Fizzle Dance. Let's go. The Fizzle Dance. <laughs> Keep those text messages coming, man. 69187. Keyword RR. I'm going to learn DeMond during the commercial break. Going to let him know who some Mac Dre is. We'll come back with some. Let's see. We're going to get stupid. Let's get stupid one time. We're going to kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. We'll get stupid. We'll do the fizzle dance. Uh, you know, we'll do some uh, California loving. We'll do all of that, man. We're going to make it happen today. Please believe that. We're going out on a high note on this Friday, the celebration of life with Mr. Al Davis. Ten years. He's been gone, and we are celebrating the life and times coming up in the 2 o'clock hour. Former Raider head football coach Hugh Jackson is going to join the show to talk about his relationship with Al. That's all coming up in the next hour. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.